Hello? Doctor, it's Martha. And I'm bringing you back to Earth. As the title of the podcast implies, I am a first-timer in that I had never seen all of these episodes, and now I sit down every week and watch a new episode, and I need help. I need somebody that knows everything that there is to know about Doctor Who to guide me, to make sure that I get the most out of every episode, because this fandom is so wide and so plentiful that I'm sure I would miss things. So this week we are talking about the Santarum Stratagem, which is episode four of series four, and to hold my hand and guide me through this brand new race and all of the intricacies that happen in this episode is the amazingly talented and always welcomed in this episode and show, Jenny Faye Berry. Hey there, how are you doing? Welcome back. I'm here to guide you when you push a little life alert Doctor Who button. I'm here for you. Right. I, I picked up my TARDIS phone and it directly connected to you and said... Absolutely. It's blue. It's a blue phone. <laughs> TARDIS blue. It has the little blue light, too. It does. And the Centaurum Stratagem was the show we were going to talk about because... Because uh, you love baked potatoes. I, I, you know, who does not? Uh, fully loaded with some butter, some chive, mm. and sour cream. They're amazing. <laughs> Sometimes they get a little angry if you overcook them. Uh, definitely, but they've got that little vent in the back, so we can take care so, of it. Exactly. That, you have <laughs> to put the vent in. So, dear listener, if you have no idea what we're talking about, then <laughs> you are probably like me and have not seen the episode so now would be a great time to remind you that we will, in the course of our conversation, inevitably spoil the episode. So please take a moment now to pause the podcast, go watch the Centaurum or Centaurum <laughs> Stratagem, and then come back and listen to our conversation so that you can get the most out of it. So with that said, uh, we started the episode with it. Martha's back. Martha's back. Were you excited? I knew you were going to be excited. I mean, not just excited, like giddy off of my chair. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, like I was vibrating. Like, oh, <laughs> this is so amazing. And almost immediately, which I really appreciated, there is that moment where Martha meets Donna and Donna mm -hmm. meets Martha. And, mm -hmm. you know, the doctor's got that awkward thing where he's like, don't fight, girls. You know, I don't I can't take the fighting. And of course, instead of fighting, they immediately like Donna being a true uh, and, and not to be sexist or anything, but being that true, like observant woman picks up on uh, a little fact and they have this conversation. Didn't take long to get over it, though. Who's the lucky man? What man? Lucky what? He's engaged, you prawn. Really? Who to? Tom. That Tom Milligan. He's in pediatrics, working out in Africa right now. And yes, I know, I've got a doctor who disappears off to distant places. Tell me about it. Is he skinny? No, he's sort of strong. He is too skinny for words. You give him a hug, you get a paper cut. <laughs> oh, I'd rather you're fighting. <laughs> I mean, all of the things, you know, everything that I love about Donna and everything that I love about Martha 
immediately mesh together. That whole dialogue was just fantastic. And the poor doctor is just like awkwardly like, quit quit talking about me, girl. Like, <laughs> I can't. Oh, I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> so I'm immediately going to ask a question that may, of course, uh, have spoilers attached to it. So let's get it out of the way. She is getting married to a doctor. Do we get more? Is there going to be more? Spoilers. <laughs> I knew it. The moment she mentioned it, I got all excited, and I knew that I was going to ask the question, and I figured that it would come up in a, pre- in a, in a future episode. But uh, that's so cool that, you know, the last time we saw her was in The, the Last of the Time Lords. Mm-hmm. And here she is, like, completely, uh, you know, a, a full-fledged doctor now. Yep, she finished her training to become a doctor. She joined UNIT. That's she's amazing. Working with, she worked for Torchwood. Which... Um, and now she's engaged. So, I she's been busy. She's, you know, and it, yeah. it also makes you wonder how long has the doctor been traveling, not only with Donna, but also by himself since he's left Martha, if all this has happened to Martha. Mm. Well, there is a little bit of implication that, you know, with uh, with Donna and the doctor, they've certainly been gone for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, to them, it was only a couple of days. So, right. you know, we we are definitely back in the uh, quote unquote present time mm-hmm. uh, of the of, of the weird. Uh, what is it? Wibbly wobbly time. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wibbly wobbly timely wimely um, timeline that uh, we know of. Uh, they're back in uh, the quote present, but it it definitely seems like it's been a little bit for both the doctor and Donna, probably more for the doctor. Uh, but I I loved how you know he immediately just ran to her and as soon he was not sure, and as soon as she extended her arms out, he embraced her and had that lovely hug that just you know it. it I, I felt that the doctor and Martha kind of left things in a very like they almost hit pause on their relationship and you know it it stinks because the doctor had that same situation with rose but it was you know it was for other reasons uh rose was a little more intense i I well (laughs) rose Rose was not optional like rose didn't choose to end or halt her relationship rose was just ripped directly from the embrace of the doctor whereas martha made a deliberate choice a very grown-up mature choice to you know end the travels and and go on uh with her life which seems to be going just fine and the doctor didn't have the same feelings for martha that he had for rose he 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 was more friendly with her he definitely flirted because he he's a flirt um but he did not have the same emotional connection um with with Martha that he did with Rose. So this first meetup, it's like that first time you see that that person that you know likes you and you tell them, nah, not really interested. And then you meet them up afterwards and let's just stay friends. And then you meet them and you're like, how is this going to go? And you're like, oh, oh, we are friends. Okay, this is good. This is good. Um, and now here you are with this other woman, but they're realizing you're truly just, you're just really friends with everyone. So that's good. We're all good. We're all friends. We're in a great place. It was it, it was wonderful, yeah. uh, but it, right away we are 
met with, like you mentioned, Unit, which we haven't seen for a yeah. little bit. Uh, and they immediately, you know, come on strong. They're like this paratrooper force taking over this factory. And, and Martha's looking all awesome. Right. Like she's, you know, uh, which we saw a little bit of that, you know, and, and again, at the at the end of the, the last of the Time Lords, where Martha's just kind of taking charge and she's become this, the you know, the, the, the great champion of Earth kind of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very familiar, <laughs> very familiar territory for Martha to be in. Uh, but it's great to see that after her return, she didn't just wilt back down to a normal human life that she is still 100% involved in, in all of this extraterrestrial stuff. No, she's very strong, very determined, and she wants answers. And her time with the doctor definitely put her on a path to find answers. <laughs> very much like Donna, uh, although, you know, in different ways, uh, which I appreciate. Um, but before we jump into that, uh, earlier in the season, our dear friend Ashley, with her Ashley tidbits, mentioned uh, that we should pay attention to Atmos, which I thought, like so many mm-hmm. other things in previous seasons, would take until like close to the last episode of the series to kind of pay off. And here, you know, episode four, and we're like, whoa. Atmos is killing people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is not the GPS that you want in your car. Well, it, you yes, and it's more than a GPS. That. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a GPS and a catalytic converter that, you know, allows the car not to produce any carbon footprint, which is, you know, it sounds too good to be true. And it's certainly something that we could all use today uh, in our vehicles, but there's clearly that... Uh, that Doctor Who spin to it that, you know, of course it's not going to be just altruistic and fantastic and, you know, help humanity. It's meant to, in some way, shape, or form, do something to humanity. Uh, And I love how, you know, almost instantly we see the thing just taking over the vehicle and (laughs) and taking out the reporter. Yeah, Yeah. this is why we don't want those computer-driven cars, right? Uh, I mean... (laughs) I I still want one, <laughs> but after this, I'm a little more like, okay, so maybe not the Atmo system. <laughs> right. Like we need to check the Amazon reviews before we buy one more. Right. And, right. Know, like I'm going to have to ask a few be questions yeah. before I let Tesla or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, I, I don't want you to drive my car until you can uh, pass a few questions. The first of which is going to be, do you know who the Santaram are? <laughs> because <laughs> if you do i'm gonna be a little more suspect um, this is true this is very true branded by centaurum nope nope we're not gonna go with that one Let's right else. and we're introduced to a very like uh zuckerberg like uh human in in that yeah. young kid that hates to be told no uh and loves to be right and you're like it, it, I would have I would have connected it with Zuckerberg, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. of Facebook fame, had it not mm-hmm. been for the fact that the actor was actually emoting emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Zuckerberg is pretty much like data from Star Trek. <laughs> yes. You know, he's pale. He has no emotions. He s- speaks as if he's never experienced human it's emotion. True. 
You're like, fascinating, Captain. Tell me more while I completely rewrite the algorithm that controls you humans. <laughs> Radigan reminded me of the, the three nerds from Buffy. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, like combined into one and smarter. Um, but like just that nerdiness and that like quirkiness. I was like, oh, you just remind me of the kids from Buffy. Oh. <laughs> and if if it wasn't for the fact that he shares a name with a Disney villain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I maybe would have been a little more suspect. Like maybe he's not as bad. Maybe this will be one of those Doctor Who, you know, like spins where you're like, they make it look like he's going to be the bad guy, but he's not. But He's he's got a villain name. Like they didn't just pick that by chance. As soon as you saw Radigan Academy, you're like, oh, he's a rat, (laughs) right? He's he's gonna fight Basil. This is not good. (laughs) He's British, (laughs) you know. They're in London. We need Toby the Basset Hound. Come on. (laughs) I mean, he he like his house looks like Professor X's mansion from the X Men. Beautiful, but you know. Like the moment I that... saw it is like, is he raising mutants? What is happening in there? I mean, and they're all dressed not... up like they're in a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, nothing good is happening there. Well, and of course, when once the doctor does visit, it it did in it, it did create that moment uh, of reminiscing. Uh, where it, it was similar to uh, an episode from a couple of series ago, um, the the back to school episode where we meet yes. uh, the that's that whatever that race of like vampire like creatures that you know were using the kids and and this like alien ooze to make them smarter to to calculate something. I was like, is that what's going on here? And the doctor, of course, couldn't have been more happy because he's like. I'm surrounded by people that are uh, just as smart as I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, well, oh. and when the doctor did get there and he found out that there was a portal, he did recognize immediately who the aliens were here. Uh, once he went through the portal in Radigan's Academy. Did you realize that? When, uh, as soon as he went through the portal? When when he went to the academy mm-hmm. and he confronted um, Mr. Radigan, Mr. Luke Radigan, he sees the the teleport pod. Oh yeah, yeah. And he transports through, and he recognizes the Centaurans immediately because he has encountered them before. And that that's where I was going. That that was mm-hmm. the question that I was going for. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, because it, it he mentions it. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I saw them. Uh, so when 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 did we first ever see the Santarum? When uh, can you fill in a little bit of the story there for us? So it was back when he was the sixth Doctor. So we're talking four um, regenerations ago. Okay. Um, and they that was the last time that he had seen them um, previously, but. Um, he has used or they have used hypnosis before to control humans um, in previous times that he has encountered them. But Mm. the most recent time before this was when he was the sixth doctor was that he encountered them. So he has encountered them previously in previous incarnations. He just hasn't encountered them as the 10th doctor, which is why they made a comment about 
like they they recognized him as well but he could kind of shift his look yeah he's um, a face changer yes yes um but he has encountered them before so he was like and i love that he just jumps in and he's like i'm just gonna oh it's you okay <laughs> <laughs> that, he's not scared at all that was uh probably one of my favorite parts of this episode uh that was very dr Whovian, in that the first time we see the sun Sontaram, Sontaram, did Suntaran. i pronounce it right Suntaran. Suntaran. wow <laughs> i am uh the the first time we see them you can just call them potatoes potatoes yeah uh I little mean, we, humpty we, we, we often refer them to to them as potatoes, as potatoes. oh it's the potatoes yeah uh, they the, love it. They really do. They, I'm sure they appreciate they, it. Um, they think it's, you know, just a compliment to their race. They never point a gun at you when you call them that. <laughs> but like immediately, like when we see them, the 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 outfit, you know, the the <laughs> the over exaggerated upper body, the <laughs> you know, the very round helmet, the very like simple like eye cut out for the like immediately it reminds me of uh, like one of the things that people use to disparage Doctor Who, which is the the cheesy sci-fi side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's what sci-fi looked like when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. That's what, you know, that's what passed for sci-fi when I was growing up. And even though this is, you know, in the made in the 2000s and they clearly could have gotten fancier with the design and made things look more spacey and modern and all of that stuff the fact that the the show still holds on to a little bit of that like cheesy sci-fi roots that it has that immediately i was like oh my gosh i love it and i don't know who these people are i don't know i'm sure they're gonna be bad but i love them i love the way they look i love the way they are and the way that the doctor interacts with them, and more specifically, the way he runs away from them, it was just so perfect. It was just so, like, doctor, like, okay, hello, I'm going to say hi, I'm going to insult you, and then I'm going <laughs> to run away. You know, and it's just fantastic. He's met him before, so he kind of knows what he's up against, but he's just like, no, you, okay, bye. <laughs> well, and I, I like I love how you know we get that exposition of yes we've met him I've met him before, uh, and he goes and they have a weakness and they're like we don't have a weakness and he's like oh but it's such a good weakness, <laughs> you know and like oh what is it gonna be and it's like oh they have this little tiny port in the back which is why they can never like they have to face their enemies they can't run away and I was like that is such a creative like amazing flaw to write into a character that you know regardless of what happens they must phase you at all times or else they risk exposing their their weakest part of their body they Uh, can't run around run or turn around and run from you because it's just so like it's so cartoonishly like sci-fi perfect Mm-hmm. That it it just it literally like oh my gosh I loved it I really <laughs> did in a way that I because lately especially with the master like the some of the villains that the doctor has come up against like they've been really heavy and they've been very realistic and they've had you know like very heavy so to meet like a classically sci-fi villain that's just hell bent on 
conquering. Uh, they they have a whole like speech where they're talking about how upset they were that they got left out of the Great Time War. Right. <laughs> they're such great warriors, but we were not invited, basically. Right. Like, right. Yeah, we didn't we didn't want you there. Like the mean girls were like, we're not inviting the Centaurans. You didn't you're not good enough to come to our war. Oh my um, god. <laughs> I I love that idea that they're, you know, they're they were like burned by the fact that they couldn't fight in this war. They're like, we weren't invited. As if you need an invitation to war. <laughs> They're, they're they're unpopular kids, you know. The mom's making out all the invitations, and they're like, "You can't come to Nancy's party. We don't like you." <laughs> right? Like, it just seemed like they were, uh, and especially you know when you we see their ship and these pods coming out of the ship, it was like they were what the Daleks could have been if the Daleks had a slight sense of humor. Yes. Yes, and and they are, and they are very funny, and their names, and the doctor making fun of, you know, their names, and right. it's just, uh, they're just, they're fantastic. I, I enjoy the potatoes, I really do, and um, you'll you'll get to see some more of them, and uh, they're just, they're fun. I enjoy the potatoes. I I did too, um, but back onto more serious things because there was some uh, interesting exchanges and. In- yeah. There's uh there's a whole exchange that Martha and Donna have uh once they're inside the 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 thing that uh, unit took over that uh well let, let's listen to their conversation. I didn't tell my family. Kept it all so secret. And it almost destroyed them. In what way? They ended up imprisoned. They were tortured. My mum, my dad, my sister. It wasn't the doctor's fault, but you need to be careful. Because you know the doctor, he's wonderful, he's brilliant. But he's like fire. Stand too close and people get burnt. Leave it to Martha. Ugh. Leave it to Martha to have such insight. And clearly, she still reveres the doctor. She's the one that called him in for this. Mm-hmm. So she knows the value that he brings and the assistance that he's going to be able to provide. And yet, at the same time, she's, you know, she, she kind of carries the scars of her time with the doctor in a very real way. And her family carries those scars. She's providing a warning, but I think it's a very valuable warning. Let your family know what you're doing because God forbid something happens to Donna and she doesn't return or that her telling her family what's going on could prevent them from getting them into some trouble while she's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows what could have happened if Martha's family knew more about what was going on with her. And we know that Rose's mom and um mickey knowing what's going on with her and the doctor do help them in their time that rose was traveling with the doctor right so it's beneficial to know what's going on if your family and friends can handle it um it all comes down to what are they going to say to you if you say so i'm traveling in a blue box that's bigger on the inside with this man called the doctor but he's not really a man he's an alien how are they going to take that (laughs) <laughs> you know 
Well, and we do get a moment of that uh, later in the episode. Uh, oh, it's so great. Donna, <laughs> uh, in what has to be so far one of my favorite fake out moments. But uh, yes. let's listen to the exchange because it's perfect. Doctor. Oh, just in time. Come on. Come on. We'll go to the country. Fresh air and geniuses. What more could you ask? I'm not coming with you. I've been thinking. I'm sorry. I'm going home. Really? I've got to. Oh, if that's what you want. I mean, it's a bit soon. That's how many places I wanted to take you. 15th broken moon of the Medusa Cascade. The lightning skies of Cotopaluni's world. Diamond coral reefs of Qatar Flocor. For a visit, that's what you mean. You dumb And then you're coming back. Sure you are. Great big outspace dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, she's done this to him before. You would think he would know. Uh, and yet somehow, you know, he goes through. And he, you see him, he's so emotional. He's like... Oh, I like, can't believe she's leaving me. Right? <laughs> like all of a sudden like he got so like full of emotion and then he like clued in. You're like you can be super smart and still be a great big space dunce like she calls him. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um Donna is so perfect because she'll let him go on and on. Right. She's and then done that before. And then she'll eventually just be like, "You dummy <laughs> you're just so dumb you just and she's fantastic <laughs> you don't pick up on things i loved how the you know martha is clearly got a place in this uh, whole thing and donna shows her worth by coming up like you guys never even bothered to check the uh the personnel records uh, yeah. look at what i found and like she yeah. unlocks this huge chunk of the the mystery by being her, by, you know, using her skills, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, as much because I, I know last series, especially, I was harping so much on how amazing Martha fit with the doctor in that she provided so much to the doctor uh, to to help, you know, keep the, the stories going. And realistically, I didn't think Martha, or I'm sorry, I didn't think that Donna would have the same utility. But Surprise. Her, her street smarts, you know, her ability to pick up on the nuance that the doctor clearly misses is basically her superpower. That's, you know, that's yeah. what makes her like such a great companion. And it's, she's so great. I love her. She is not afraid to ream him across the coals at all. Um, she, she will point out the obvious that he just, he's so smart. He doesn't see it. And the way that she delivers it is always just so fantastic because it makes the smartest people in the room feel dumb mm-hmm. because she just like, nobody's called him sick. Hello. Like yeah, this right, is like, not, 
humanly possible. <laughs> I, I love how she's like, not a single hangover, not a surprise <laughs> shopping trip, you know, like all the things that like people know. Yeah. Like we all want to think that we all got away with something when you call in sick. People know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're really sick and when you're just calling in because, you know, you need a day to watch Doctor Who and podcast about it. Absolutely. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody knows anything about that. That's listening to this. Whatsoever. No, no clue. No nobody. Clue whatsoever. Um, but uh, she's, she's fantastic. We, we love Donna. Um, and as you now have developed a relationship with her and the doctor's characters, I highly recommend you look for some of their other comedy that they've done together. Her, Catherine Tate and David Tennant. Mm. Um, they have some of the best comedy skits ever. Um, the two of them and their chemistry is just fantastic. And that's part of why it makes their characters on Doctor Who so great together. I'll, I'll definitely be looking out for that. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send you some fun links. But uh, if, if the listeners have not seen them, um, you won't be bothered. Or if you have <laughs> seen them, you, you know you're not bothered by <laughs> Catherine Tate because she is never bothered. Um, and it is one of her most favorite favorite lines and her her most well-known lines that she's not bothered she's never bothered she's fantastic well and and you know while we're on the subject of donna she does make it home and she has that very uh i at this point it's almost the obligatory um companion reaction the first time they go back home after mm -hmm. they've traveled with the doctor which is they have that moment of retrospect of yeah. These are all the things that I have seen. These are all the things yeah. that have happened to me while you've continued on with your normal everyday life. She has a great little montage of all the things she's seen in such a short period of time. Uh, but then she gets to see her granddad, who I just love her granddad. Mm -hmm. Wilfred. He's so, Wilfred's so sweet. And it's fantastic because she's, you know, she took that, clearly she took that, uh, conversation that she had with Martha to heart and she's going to want to tell them and she's going to want to have and share this experience with them and like we see she's talking to her grandfather about it and uh, you know he's like I knew there were aliens I just knew it like <laughs> like her grandfather is very uh, accepting of the information uh, but even her grandfather's like uh, yeah I don't think your mom's ready for it like I, yeah. don't, I don't think you want to tell your mom about it and then when they see the doctor, they're like, oh, this guy, this is the guy like I, I met him. He disappeared right in front of me. Like he, you know, like immediately you because I'd forgotten, like, of course, her mom yeah. met the doctor. Like it was such a again, like Donna and the way everything happens around her is just never exactly what you think it's going to be. No. Uh, and it just such a wonderful moment of like, oh, yeah, we know this guy. What? Like, this is the guy? Oh, my gosh. It, just amazing. And Donna's face when she realized, she's just like, are you serious? I've been hiding all of this. For, and I, I didn't have to. Like, oh, right. <laughs> a, a little bit of like her own medicine, like a taste of her own medicine of, oh, the obvious thing. I, I ignored. I ignored the obvious thing. OK, no, I'm sorry. Um, but we are talking about uh, a two-parter, and it does end in a moment in which it seems like Donna's family is absolutely in peril. Uh, 
and yet I I feel like the doctor is going to pull it through. I hope the doctor is going to pull it through because I would hate to see Wilfred uh, end in such a way uh, after, especially after his uh, relationship with Donna was really, you know, expounded upon uh, on, you know, on Donna's whole, if you see a blue box, wave at it kind of moment. Yeah. And Martha, too. Yeah, well, Martha. Mar- Martha is definitely like I. I have a feeling that Martha is going to be safe. Uh, I don't know why. I feel like Martha is resourceful enough that she's going to pull through. Uh, that this is just kind of a momentary thing, uh, and uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like the Santorum are as big a threat as some of the other villains that we've met, you know, they, they seem, they certainly don't seem um, as threatening and as uh, violent as the Dalek uh, or as um, sort of un, unstopping as the Cybermen. So, but you know, what do I know? I'm just the first timer. They just snap their fingers and kill 52 people in an instant. Now, you know, I mean, are setting poison gas to, so there is a menace. you know, hundreds of thousands and start a slow, silent clap. And then, you know, it explodes and then Zuckerman joins in. And, right. It's hard to be afraid of potatoes. It's hard to be afraid of potatoes. It is. is. But, but you put them in the microwave too long, they explode. So, I mean, there is that. <laughs> Nobody wants to clean up that mess. Nobody wants to clean up that mess. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything in this episode that I missed? Um. Let me see here. Let me look at my notes. Let me look at my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, we we covered them seeing this in times before. We covered. Um, no, I think we actually really covered all of the little tidbits that I had for you. Um, you you met the two, the general uh, Straw, and you met his second in command. Um, really, we've hit on everything. Everything uh, big that's going to happen is going to be in the second part here now to to find out what happens next. Yep, big setup. Uh, so I'm sure we'll have a big payoff, and it's gonna be lots of foil. <laughs> um, <laughs> so long as there's uh, sour cream and chives, I'm in. I feel like when you watch the next episode, you need to make a big potato. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, this episode has definitely made me hungry, and I think I'm gonna definitely have that. So tune in next week, uh, everybody, for the conclusion of this episode. And more importantly, to find out if I ate a baked potato while watching this episode. (laughs) And now for this week's TARDIS tidbits. Ashley, what do you have for us this week? This is Ashley's TARDIS tidbits for Series 4, Episode 4, The Sontaran Stratagem. This episode marks the first time in 23 years that we've seen the Sontarans on our screen having last appeared in the 1985 serial, The Two Doctors. When the doctor has his gas mask on and says, Are you my mummy? An obvious reference to the series one episode, The Empty Child. There's a rumor that this was an ad lib by David Tennant because he forgot his line. His wife, Georgia, has since jokingly said that this is not true. But no proof has actually been found, so the rumor persists. The cloning vat scenes were filmed in a Welsh shampoo factory, and the vat itself is actually the fountain from the fires of Pompeii, just redressed. Speaking of reusing props, 
The table that's used to hold the real Martha in this episode is the same one from the Torchwood Series 1 episode, Cyberwoman. Having Martha depart at the end of Series 3 and now return allowed Russell T. Davies to change her personality some. She is now more mature and equal to the Doctor, and not completely in love with him. The writers debated several aspects of her character, particularly how she should react to Donna. Should she be jealous, intimidated, happy? Writer Helen Raynor elected to emphasize Martha's medical career over a military one and did not want to have a same rehash of how Rose initially reacted when meeting Sarah Jane Smith in series two. Instead, Martha is happy that the doctor has someone to travel with him. As always, great tidbits. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining me in this uh, super fun, uh, like, just a great episode to, to chat with you about. Always, always happy to talk Doctor Who. You know me. And thank you, uh, dear listener, for joining us in yet another fun episode. Uh, I do enjoy having conversations with you, the dear listener. So uh, stop on by the website, firsttimelord.com, where you can leave a comment on this episode or any of our previous episodes uh, on what you think is going on. Uh, do you do you uh, agree with where I'm going? I, I know I don't know what's happening, and maybe you've seen the show and are like Jenny and uh, you think it's fun that I have this uh, skewed perspective of it. Uh, what, what are your favorite baked potato toppings? What are your favorite baked potato <laughs> toppings? Leave that in the comments as well. Uh, but you can support the show. There are lots of ways to do it. You can uh, visit our merch shop. We have some awesome T-shirts, uh, which every time I wear out or my wife wears out, we get compliments on. So there's that. Uh, or you can uh, visit us on Patreon, search for Daniel Levain on Patreon, and you can support the show that way as well. Uh, but more importantly, just share the show. I'm sure there's somebody else in your life that, like me, they had never seen any of the episodes, had never gotten into it, but that you know they will enjoy it as much as I am enjoying it. And introduce them to the show, have them go back to the first episode and watch the episodes with them, listen to the episodes together of the podcast, and let's get this fandom growing even more than it already is. Uh, because goodness knows, I want to be a bigger part of this fandom, uh, and I want to join it uh, with full open arms, as some of the fans have welcomed me with. But now I have no more time left but to get back on my TARDIS and get ready for next week's conclusion. So see you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>